Hi, I'm Anna Harris. Welcome to our podcast. Please join us as we talk to experts, ministers, and prophetic voices from around the world on topics relevant for today. I hope you enjoy this message. Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to our fourth podcast. And our guest today is John McDonald. And John and his wife, Fiona McDonald, started Father Heart Scotland in 2010 as part of Father Heart Ministries. And um, they believe that in the same way that Jesus walked in sonship, that every man, woman, and child should be able to walk with their heavenly father as Papa and live the life for which they were created. Uh, Father Heart Scotland was born out of a desire to share the revelation of God as our true father with the people of Scotland and beyond. Our heart, their heart is to see people experience and take to their own hearts the truth of God's fathering love and embrace. And John has been a pastor and leader for more than 30 years. And welcome, John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Anna. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, um, you know, we are talking today about misogyny and how it affects us, how it affects the church, the culture. And I just felt like I wanted to say at the beginning that this can be a heavy topic because it is really major when you begin to delve into it. So I want to start by saying that misogyny was never God's idea. It never came from the heart of God. It is not his plan for us. And so that is the good, the good news, but misogyny, a definition is it's the hatred, aversion to, or prejudice against women. And that includes speech or behavior that promotes misogyny. Um, And I know that you talk in your book, Made in His Image, about misogyny and how it affected your life. And so I was just wondering if you would tell us, how do you think it developed in your own life? I guess it was really just everywhere. It was part of the culture I grew up in. Mm, Um, Working class boy, growing up in in Glasgow in Scotland, Um, had never dad. And I, so I took my cue from the older boys in the housing projects where I lived. I, I copied the rock stars and the football players, the soccer players, sorry, the real, the real <laughs> sports. <laughs> so I, I just emulated these folks. Those were the only role models I had. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the, the most damaging things, um, and it still damages people today, is that around the age of 10 years old, I discovered pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just confirmed this whole idea that was being thrown at me by society that girls, women, were there to serve me mm-hmm. because they were lesser than me. Right. It's right. it's horrible when I look back, but I unwittingly embraced that because it was, well, that's what everyone else thought. Yeah. It's the culture. I saw a quote recently from, there's a book called Veiled and Silenced. Um, it's also about misogyny. And they say the culture, it's like a fish in water. We don't, you know, it's all around us, but we don't 
see how culture affects us until we begin to really examine it. But but culture totally does affect us. Yeah, I mean, when I look back, and even now, the things that I see in media and television, I mean, it it was in all of the television programs. You know, there was a a popular comedy show in in the UK called Till Death Do Us Part. Mm. And the way the, the man in that treated his wife and his daughter was appalling. Right, but that right. that was acceptable comedy in those days. Right, so it it can it engenders this attitude, especially I think when you're young and very impressionable, mm-hmm. uh, you just soak it all up, right? Because there's no one telling you different. Now, I, you know, I was brought up by as a, by a single mother, but no one was explaining to me uh, that what I was embracing what I was watching television or, or shows or, or movies was misogyny. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, do you have a first memory of being told or realizing like that to think about women in a negative way? No, I, I, I don't. Um, it was just part of life. So prevalent. The way yeah. things were. Yeah, I can't, just, right. I can't recall any specific words or conversations. It was just the mm-hmm. whole culture, and it's so subtle. The message is given to you, but somehow society, school, home—it all communicates to you that women are less. They're less smart. They're less competent. They're less serious, um, and it's a huge lie. And did you grow up in church? No, my, my parents weren't religious. They sent me to to Catholic church because that was part of the agreement of being married in the Catholic Church. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess for a a short time, I I took it seriously until my dad died. Mm -hmm. When my dad died, I just kind of thought, well, where's God in this? You know? Um, Right. Although although I'm saying I didn't have a dad, he was disabled Mm -hmm. uh, and unable to communicate with me and do anything with me. So effectively, my mum was a single parent. Right. Right. My dad died Mm. when I was 11 years old. Mm. Wow. And so I just told God where to stick it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting um, that for you, you learned misogyny through culture. Um, But misogyny is also very much alive and well in the church, even today. And in some ways, sometimes I look at it and I think there are more restrictions on women within the church than outside of the church. But I think it's, it's, it's also just the form of the misogyny, you know, because outside the church, there's the pornography and sex trafficking. And I think it's, it's more apparent in in church. Uh So in certain sectors of the church, um, where women can't preach, they can't serve, they can't teach men they can't do anything except make the tea the coffee teach a women's bible study right um but the same attitudes are still prevalent in society just because we see women becoming here in the uk prime minister or becoming ceos or whatever they still face that animosity and prejudice in the boardroom in the home you know in so many places right for men we don't even know sometimes that we're being misogynistic. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. That's right? the cruelty of it. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, some men are deliberately cruel. There's no getting away from that. Mm-hmm. 
I think the majority of men don't know that they're being cruel. Mm-hmm. They really think, especially in church, they think this is God's will, this is the way God wants it, and my wife is rebellious or my wife is unsubmissive. Um, and it, it creates so much damage. Right, it really but, does. And what happened in your life that opened your eyes to misogyny? Well, it all started with a lady called Denise Jordan, mm-hmm. who she spoke about the war against the fe- against femininity. Yes, I had been connecting mm-hmm. with Final Heart Ministries, that, that the ministry that Denise leads with her husband James, mm-hmm. um, and just over time, walking and, and receiving the love of the Father in my heart, my heart just began to soften, uh, and I began to perceive the reality of what Denise was saying that there really is a war on femininity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it caused me to start to look at well where does that operate in my life mm-hmm. you know, it's not just societal based it, there's something in the spiritual realm yes uh, something malignant mm-hmm. that definitely um focuses an attack on femininity women obviously is, is the major carriers of femininity are the focus of that attack um and so i just meant to examine a lot of what I held, where did this come from? And I I say in the book that it all started when Adam called his wife Eve. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, she didn't have that name. And so Mm -hmm. it's almost like he illegitimately tried to take control and domination Mm -hmm. that God never charged them with. Can you talk about that spiritual roots of misogyny a bit? Yeah, I I think when we read in Genesis that the Lord is, is saying to the serpent, obviously not a talking snake, but mm-hmm. right. Um, but he said that the woman would be his enemy. I think we've read it as Satan would be her enemy. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Lord is it's a warning to Satan. He he says to him, You will crawl on your belly and eat dust the rest of your life, all of your days, sorry. Mm-hmm. And Eating dust, as we know, it's we think of a snake crawling, but that's not the picture that God is painting. The picture is of someone tasting defeat. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in, you, you're in a race and you're showing someone a clean pair of heels, they're eating your dust in your wake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord is, is using this as a picture of Satan being overcome, and it's by femininity, not by masculine power. You know, we do not wage war as this world wages war. The weapons we have are divine weapons. Mm-hmm. And I think we see those weapons most obvious in femininity, gentleness, kindness, love, tenderness, sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Galatians 5, you know, the fruit of the spirit. Right. Um, they're very much feminine characteristics. Doesn't mean men can't carry them. You know, but the focus of this attack by Satan was on women. And I think the first blow he struck was inciting Adam to rename his wife, the way he re- the way he named the animals, hmm. and and it created an attitude in mankind, where in some instances women are seen as less than animals. Right. Some men ch- treat their dogs better than they treat the the women in their lives, and I, I, I see the roots of it there in Genesis three. Right. Right. Hmm. So. Um, how do you see just ways or examples that misogyny is affecting the church? 
even today? Well, obviously, the exclusion of women from from positions of ministry in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been influenced. Our theology, our doctrine has not just been influenced by misogyny itself in, in some sort of bubble, but it's been developed through church leaders, church fathers. You know, the ancient church fathers said some abominable things about women. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I, I list some of it in the book, but things like um, a woman and a man are the image of God. The man on his own is the image of God, but the woman isn't. The woman mm-hmm. can't be the image of God without a man. All right. And so we've adopted all of this. It's it's in our roots. It's in our foundations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think the interesting thing I find is when it's challenged, the anger that comes out, you right. know, like the anger of the Pharisees when Jesus challenged them. There's because it's taken root in our hearts, not just in our institutions. Mm-hmm. Not just in our theology, not just in our doctrine or our practices, but in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in our, our attitudes. I remember reading the story of Joan of Arc and the major accusation the church leveled against her that, that caused her to be burned at the stake was that she wore men's clothing in battle. Hmm. And she wore men's wow. clothing. She tells the story. She wore men's clothing even in prison because it was more difficult for them to rape her. Mm. when she was wearing men's clothing than it was if she was wearing men's clothing so it was a deliberate you know even back then in the 11th century whatever it was Joan was she was fighting unwanted uh, attention from men misogynistic behaviour right Uh, it's Hmm. crazy you know women who had to pretend to be men in order to fulfil the calling God put in their lives you know there was a lady who became a monk Hmm. she Spent her whole life disguised as a man. Wow. Um, at one point, she was a he was accused of fathering a child with this with this girl, which obviously is impossible because secretly he mm-hmm. was really she. Hmm. <laughs> um, and she never broke her secret. She took the baby and brought it up as her own. Wow. Hmm. But God called her into something of ministry and she had to pretend to be a man to carry it out. Yeah. It's so sad. It is. It is. Can you um, talk a little about, you know, there's uh, a word people are using now that is uh, deconstructing, deconstructing their faith, some of the things that they've been taught. And misogyny is certainly one of those things that they, you know, that people are trying to get rid of. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, So what are some things that Christian men can now do to, um, you know, change their ways and change their thinking. Hear women's voices. Mm. Listen to what well, women are saying. Yeah. Listen to their stories. You know, in, in writing my book, I read a lot of feminist literature. Um, mm. And what struck me in it, and I found very difficult as a man, was some of the anger. Um, but I think the anger is the genuine voice of, of, of women who have been abused in culture. Mm-hmm. I don't just mean sexually or emotionally by partners, but actually the culture has abused women mm-hmm. um, and forced yeah. them into uh, being, being something they're not and were not created, created to be. Um, and so I think 
that's the got to be the first thing listening right. to the voice of women mm-hmm. um, that's really can, good how can how can you understand misogyny how can you understand the bigotry and what it feels like to be um discriminated against unless you listen to those who have been discriminated against how can mm-hmm. you understand oppression unless you listen to the oppressed right but I remember it's a different subject, but Martin Luther King spoke at, oh, was it Stanford or University, I think, in the 60s. And he said that riot, you know, he's, it was after the Watts Heights riots in, in LA. Um, and he said, riot is the voice of the unheard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people go on about feminism. Sorry, I'm getting off track here, but. No, go for it. People go on about feminism being a danger, but it's not. It's a response to abuse. Mm-hmm. feminism right. is the voice of the unheard woman right and there seems to be a fear sometimes within men that if a woman is successful and really rises up into what she's called to do that they will somehow be pushed down or something you know they'll be mm-hmm. considered less than so yeah. i think they're that some men feel threatened it's called insecurity yeah. <laughs> yes. And that really is at the root of toxic masculinity. Right. Male right. insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't know how to be men. Right. So they discover things like sensitivity, tenderness, gentleness in themselves. And it's not what they see modeled in the movies, it's not what they see modeled by public figures. Mm-hmm. And so they think there's something wrong with me. I'm not a real man. Exactly. And And really, there is both masculine and feminine, because God is both masculine and feminine. And we all carry some masculine and feminine within us. And it's okay. And yeah, I love how Denise Jordan teaches it in the war against the feminine. Mm -hmm. It's like, when uh, a man feels some of those feminine thoughts, uh, they often squash them down, thinking that there's something wrong with them. I spent my whole life fighting against them, Anna. Yeah. Well, you know, 50, almost 50 years mm-hmm. of fighting was possibly a bit more. Um, but I think misogyny existed before the church did. But mm-hmm. I think the church has to shoulder a great deal of blame for how mm-hmm. they propagated it. And the picture we give of people is, leadership is very male dominated i think yes for men after you listen to women be honest with your own hearts search your own hearts where where is if if you feel that what women are saying is antagonistic if you feel it uncomfortable then it's because it's in in the the thing they're attacking is in your heart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i would say we men need to begin to learn how to let go of power and i don't i i don't like all of this patronizingly we'll hand power over to women that's patronizing condescending nonsense mm-hmm. we need to let go of it and let women take hold of it for themselves you know they shouldn't need to battle for for what should be theirs what they should right. be facing you know dominion was a shared uh command yes. a gift from god you know he it says he he told he said to them rule over right no he didn't say to him he said to them right Um, and i think we need to be honest we men need to be honest about our own failings 
and recognise that um, every other man has the same feelings and we're all covering them up. Mm-hmm. And there's so much we could talk about this. I, I have so many thoughts going through my mind right now, but um, uh, could you talk a, just a little bit about toxic masculinity versus true masculinity? Um, and then I also just feel like God, God has a place for all of us. Like he has a place for me. He has a place and purpose for you. My purpose doesn't diminish your purpose, you know, or anyone else's, you know, Um, just to add on to the last topic about what men can do is recognize that we can, we learn from each other. mm -hmm. Men don't just learn from other men, men learn from women. Mm, yeah. and there's a lot that we can learn from women that masculinity doesn't teach us mm. especially the toxic max- masculinity that we've been uh, raised up in and I think the whole thing of to- toxic masculinity is it, there's an aggression to it um, there's a what I'm sorry sorry an aggression to it oh an aggression to it yeah okay. uh, that the way to solve problems is aggressively mm. either by confrontation by violence even Mm -hmm. look at all the wars that have started because men thought that was the way to solve the issues between countries right (laughs) or between individuals you know um and it's still a very dangerous thing so when it comes to women who won't do as they're told Mm -hmm. um the answer is violence Mm -hmm. to subdue her yeah you know so you have things like we talk about rape outside, but you have things like marital rape. Yes. Where a wife is just not wanting to, and a husband is forcing himself on her, or he's forcing her to do things that she's very uncomfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, from anal sex to whatever, you know. Um, there's all of that stuff going on. Um, those are all manifestations of toxic mas- masculinity. Right. Mansplaining. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know it's been used as a kind of comic term now, but actually it's very demeaning of women because it, it it's assuming they don't know what you mean when you say something. I, I have a friend in uh, Virginia who is from the hills of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And she has that very hill accent and everything. And she's blonde and people look at her and shake their head, but she's a professor at a university. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, and appearances are not everything. Right. Uh, she's a fantastic woman, uh, an incredibly intelligent and clever and funny woman. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's, so we make judgments that because we believe that women are less, so therefore they won't understand what I'm talking about. So I'll have to explain it to her. Right. And it, Again, it's very patronizing and, and condescending. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the, and this whole, um, something I learned about when I was I was researching for the book, the, this man-spreading. Man-spreading? Uh, mansplaining? Man-spreading and uh-huh. mansplaining. But, you know, men, and I had never thought about it before, but the the politics of it where a man is sitting facing a woman and he just sits there with his, his legs wide open. Mm. You know, it's, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, just it's that body language. Man spreading. Okay. Yeah. Apparently that's yes. a new term for me too, <laughs> but it's a form of intimidation. And, yes. You know, so 
it comes in so many ways and mm -hmm. you know you see someone talked about it in the movies where you know the girl's not in a romantic movie the girl's not interested in the guy but yeah he hassles her and hassles her and hassles her until she gives in and and discovers oh i actually love him mm -hmm. which sounds very romantic but actually it's Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty it's creepy stalking. Mm -hmm. it is <laughs> you know, it's really yes. stalking because uh, if she said no that meant no exactly right. uh -huh. toxic masculinity yeah. doesn't so we've been taught as a culture many many yeah wrong things well, yeah. you know there's a, a politician and i'm ashamed to say that he's a believer he, he was talking because you know the scottish referendum um we said no to independence mm -hmm. so he said you know, just because a woman says no the first time doesn't mean she means no. Mm, gosh. Uh, can you not see how misogynistic and toxic that is? Yeah. Wow. Mm. But that, that is an underlying attitude. Right. No? Right. It is. Um, and it's so destructive. Mm -hmm. It's destructive of intimacy. If you're living with that toxic kind of masculinity, you'll never have intimacy with your partner. Right. Right, because you don't feel safe. With exactly, that. the partner never feels safe. Mm -hmm. they're, right. they're walking on eggshells. My poor wife put up with some of that for for a number of years mm. before I, I came to my senses, and you know, it's not it's not pleasant. Right, and actually, when I realized it, I was devastated. Mm. I was absolutely devastated to realize what I'd done to my wife. Wow. Um, How did you like? Did you talk to her about it and? have restoration and that kind of uh, thing yeah. i mean I've, i cried my eyes out oh wow and she started telling me the things that and my behavior that that caused her pain and wounded her and and yeah it just it just made me weep hmm. um, I, was well. myself. I hated myself for, for such a time mm -hmm. um to realize what i'd done to such a special woman mm -hmm. well yeah. Well, that's amazing that, you know, that you did see that and that you did see how misogyny has affected so many things. Uh, we hear some women talking about and teaching about misogyny, but not so many men. And I think that's great that you're um, seeing it because the thing is, um, it's not just a women's issue, is it? It's um both men and women need to recognize it. What is it? How has it affected us? And see how do we how do we get rid of it? How do we change our mindsets? How do we change our cultures? Well, it's, it's turned it's turned men into bullies. Bullies, yes, yeah, yes. We become yeah. a bully for sure. Yeah. If I don't get my own way, I'm going to create something. Mm -hmm. some sort of situation where i will get what i want right. and i don't care what it does to you whether right. it's sex or or a new television or a new car or whatever you know um yeah i just can't believe the amount of pain that's been caused in the world because of this issue mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah and i think are, people don't realize it you know women women on the streets working in the streets they're there because 90 six percent of them have been abused by men mm -hmm. and they have no other way to make a living right so it's this is what misogyny has done mm -hmm. you know, 
prostitution is not a, a prostitute's problem. It's a male, it's a men's problem. Yes, it is. Yeah. Great. And then there's sex trafficking where people oh simply God. have no choice in the matter. Yeah. That's horrific. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, and yeah. And th this is the thing. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think what the big, I, I follow a lot of um, campaigners on Twitter, female uh, campaigners and trafficking campaigners and stuff. And, you know, there's been a big campaign because there's a, a porn site called Pornhub. Right, yes. And the porn they've been showing has been rape scenes and everything else. Oh, God. There are girls beginning to come out and say, that was me. And I was uh, not when that happened to me. I was really raped and they filmed it. Hmm. So wow. there's been a huge campaign to try and get them shut down. Yes. Because yes. there are boys watching this. Yeah. And thinking that's normal. Mm. There awful. was a survey recently in which I think something like 78% of girls said they'd experienced their boyfriend strangling them during sex without mm. consenting to strangle. Because wow. they've seen it in pornography and, and right. thought that's normal. That's what right. the girlfriend wanted. Right. You know, it's scary, scary. It is. So how do you see us coming out of that? How, what do you think is the answer? I can, I can only speak from my own experience. And my own experience was meeting God as a father. Mm -hmm. um, because meeting him as a father, for a, a boy who'd never known a father's love, Mm -hmm. or a father's experience it was a, a huge um, adjustment for me internally right uh, and I think that's where the adjustment always needs to take place it needs to be an internal adjustment mm -hmm. uh, a heart change yes I think it, it can only be a complete heart revolution you know because issues of bigotry prejudice hatred violence they're issues of the heart mm -hmm. uh, and and I've come to the conclusion that only the love of God can change hearts. Yes, I agree. I, I really do. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we need to have more teaching, of course, because there needs to be awareness of the issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, you're right, yes, there, need, there needs to be men teaching, but, but I think women's voices still need to be heard. Mm. Uh, yes. I, think it, mm -hmm. I believe it's incumbent upon the church to tackle the issue head on, stop ducking it. Mm -hmm. you know, start to teach from pulpits yes egalitarian values of the mm -hmm. equality of men and women not just ontologically but uh, in reality yes you know yes. It, it's not that we were created the same but we have different roles no we don't we have the same roles to rule and shepherd and steward this world yeah and partnership I... equal partnership mm-hmm you know? Um, I see a lot of church websites that um, they may say that they believe in equality, but then you look at the leadership and it's all male. And so it's like, you really need to practice what you preach. You know, if you're going to say that you're egalitarian, then where are your leaders? You know, look at, look at the leaders. I mean, of, of course, it, it's helpful okay. to change the system. Wow. Um, but I think it's more important to change hearts because it's not good just yes. for appearances sake, like you're saying, put a woman in a position like, let's make that girl the, the youth pastor or the children's pastor or something, because that doesn't deal with the bigotry and prejudice they face from. Right. 
know, my, my wife is a, a school principal head teacher here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And men think they can speak certain ways to her. Yes. Yeah. And they don't realize that she knows how to answer back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was she, just talking yeah. to a friend yesterday who mentioned that she has a friend that's a CFO, a certified financial or chief financial officer yeah. um, in a company, but that still has to deal with what they call the boys club, you know, of not being invited into conversations, not being really seen and recognized, you know, it's hard. It's hard to press through that. Yeah. And my wife's cousin is quite high level um, executive you know, she's worked with the, the business institutes here in, in the UK and the law courts and all of these kind of things. And she's usually called in as a troubleshooter mm-hmm. to reorganize, to um, cut deadwood and all that. But the old boys club can't handle her because she's a very strong woman yeah. who is very good in business mm-hmm. and very good at what she does. Um, and they just can't handle it. So I don't know how many places she's had big payoffs because she was going to sue them <laughs> <laughs> for wow. the way they've, they've, they've handled her, you know? Um, hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think the boys club is, and that's why a lot of men don't speak out about the misogyny and the toxic masculinity, I think, mm-hmm. um, because they're afraid of what the boys club will do to them. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and even in the younger generations that, um, Perhaps it's, you know, there is more respect for women in certain roles, um, but there's still, I think the misogyny is still there. It's just maybe looks a little bit different. I don't know about the US, but here in the UK, the surveys show that more and more teenage boys, especially, um, believe it's okay to hit a woman. Hmm. Wow. Because again, they're seeing it in pornography. They're, they're, getting girls to send them naked pictures and passing it around the school. Mm. You know, um, I think the access to pornography is so much easier than when I was a child. Mm-hmm. When I found it, it was because people were throwing pornographic magazines over the fence of our school playing fields. Right. Sports fields. Now, yeah, boys it's everywhere. and right. girls get mm-hmm. it on their phones. Right. You know, right. Um, and so the prevalence of it is creating a, creating a generation that I think is uh, heading for for destruction mm. in terms of interpersonal relationships. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, yeah, it is, a, like I said, a very serious um, topic and needs, um, needs much, much more awareness and um, I recently did a research paper on domestic violence and interviewed a, a center here in central Texas. And one of their main things is education because they say the culture needs to stop allowing domestic violence. And, you know, that's one way um, of helping people realize what is it, what does it look like, not to mention verbal abuse and, you know, all those other, you know, financial abuse, I mental abuse. My next podcast about mm-hmm. um, interviewing someone, a girl called Natalie Collins. That's that's. Her oh job. yeah, I've heard of her. I have her book. Oh, you heard yeah. of Natalie? Mm-hmm. Um, she's that's what she's doing. Yes. So 
but yeah, I think you're right. And I think the church needs to be at the forefront of the education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, can't, we can't keep this up and, and still talk about the love of God. Right. They're incompatible. Right, right. exactly. I was just going to ask you what, um, you know, if there had never been a fall and Adam and Eve, Adam were still in the garden, male and female, what do you think? that their relationship would be like? Harmonious. Harmonics? Harmonious. Harmonious, yes. Yeah, I think there would have been an absence of discord. Mm -hmm. Um, They lived in a paradise. Uh, Without the fall, they were, God called them very good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mutual respect, uh, I think, preference of each other's mm-hmm. needs um, it's something I've been learning uh, you know to sometimes just put what I want aside because I know how much something would mean to my wife mm-hmm. uh, and let her take the lead in that too right, you know? right. Um, yeah I think their cycle of life and their duties were shared equally mm-hmm and freedom to make their own decisions and yes. create and yeah, you know, not be controlled by someone else. Obviously, my wife and I discuss major decisions, but things like she wants to buy a pair of shoes or a dress or something, she doesn't need to ask me. Mm-hmm. That's her decision. She goes and does it. <laughs> right. Know? And I appreciate how well she looks in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and again, like I said earlier, ruling reigning taming the earth subduing the earth um i think they, were, they both shared equal roles in that i think yes. the women had the equal authority and power mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. to the line sit down you know um just as much as our husband did but i i can't i can't begin to imagine what kind of um paradise that would have been like because it, mm-hmm. everything around them was beautiful their interactions were beautiful together too mm-hmm. right the mutuality involved um is would have been at a level that I, I just can't even conceive of right and i think that's where that's god's of course perfect idea for us and that he wants to help us get back to not that we will on the earth i don't know but but that's the goal yeah, I think I think that's the goal of love. Mm-hmm. Love's goal is to take us towards that, yes, or back to that. <laughs> yes, like. mm-hmm. um, that idol that he created mankind to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what would you say to a woman who is in a church where they're misapplying certain scriptures, like? First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty four, where a woman needs to be silent in church, and the various other problem scriptures. I guess the short answer to that is find another church. Yes, I agree. <laughs> because no, I think there are differences. There, there are men and women who ascribe to those those doctrines because that's mm-hmm. all they've ever known. Right, and if they really are godly people, they will listen to um, different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so 
you may be able to bring a different that different perspective and say, listen, read that veiled silence, read John's made in his image, or you know, mm-hmm. and and if they're good people, they will take that on board and say, okay, I'll, I'll read this and I'll have a look at it and I'll re-examine it. But I think there are also organizations and denominations who are very, very hardline. Mm-hmm. Um, who not only are so misogynistic, but they're also into this whole real man culture. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which is just toxic. Yeah, it should be called toxic man, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and in those instances, get out. Right. I know it's difficult because some, your husband might not agree with you if you're married, mm-hmm. but he has a duty to love you, to care for you, to protect you and, and shelter you from other people's abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say it, but if he's not doing that, then there's something wrong in your marriage mm-hmm. that needs addressing. Right. Um, and also there's something about finding your tribe, you know, finding a group of people that are on the same page as you are, or at least they're going in that, that direction as far as the father heart and, um, you know, biblical equality and getting rid of misogyny and all of that. And so, um, I, I think there's a lot of life that can be found in communities and, you know, yeah. I think that's what people find in leaving church. Mm -hmm. You know, you spoke about deconstruction. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who leave church are not actually people with little faith. Usually it's a lot of very committed believers. Yes. They just find yes. that they cannot deal with this culture any longer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so many people are looking for that, like you say, that community where, yeah, you might not agree on everything. Of course, you never will. If you do, then you need to find somewhere else because there's something wrong. <laughs> right. Cause you need to be growing. Right. Yeah, my mm-hmm. wife and I have been married 34 years. We still don't agree on lots of things uh-huh. <laughs> and that's all right. Uh, but toxic masculinity says it's not all right. Mm-hmm. You can't disagree with me. Exactly. Anyway, that's the other side. <laughs> but, yeah, I think people are looking for that community, Anna. I think mm-hmm. you're right. Right. Um, that I look, I was looking at lifestyle things and how you live a long life. Mm-hmm. And we, we always think about diet, no alcohol, no smoking. Those are best for your health. Actually, they're at the bottom of the list. Hmm. Top of the wow. list is social interaction. And second is intimate friendships. Wow. That, those are the top two um, out of 10 for mm-hmm. well-being and long life. Mm. Wow. That's no amazing. No alcohol, mm-hmm. no smoking, and dieting are the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do need each other. We were created to have community. And, you know, even if it's over technology, we're still created to have that, that community and interaction. And I think that's what's so damaging about the pandemic, apart from the yeah. fact that people are enclosed in small spaces with their abusers, um, the mental health of people who cannot find a way to connect with others. Right. Yeah. It's been really hard. Yeah. Um, for community. Yeah. Well, I want to take a minute and highly recommend your book. Um, I was looking through it again and you have so much information. Like you must have really done a lot of research um for you know yeah, it was kind of scriptures. Of 
10, it was about 10 years in the making. <gasps> wow. But, but most of that time was God working in my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's really good. So I highly recommend it. Made in His Image by John McDonald. And um, so I think we'll close now, but I would love for you to just pray over everyone, if you don't, all the listeners, if you wouldn't mind. Father, I understand that this is a, an enormous subject that we talked about today and that some of what we know is only scratching the surface of the way it offends your grace and your love. So, Father, my, my prayer is that we would learn what it is to grow in your love that you would teach us, Father, how to receive more love. Not no more knowledge, not more information, but more love. That we would learn to, to listen with our hearts. Father, I pray for those who have, are struggling in this area. I pray for people who have been victims or are oppressed in this area. Papa, you would shine a light. into the darkness for them. Yes, thank you. That you would show them your own heart. That you'd begin to lead them in a path that liberates. Father, that those around them would also have their hearts enlightened as Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. That they might see the damage that they're doing with toxicity and wrong teaching. Father, I pray for churches and leaders to hear the cry of the oppressed. Thank you, Father, for your love. I don't understand it, Father. I don't understand how you can love the oppressed and still love the oppressor, but you do. And Father, for those of us who oppose oppression and fight it, I pray you'd give us grace to understand the oppressor as well as the oppressed. To understand the prison that they're in as we seek to release those they themselves have imprisoned. Father, I pray your presence, your love, and your grace go with us. Whatever else we're doing the rest of this day, the rest of this week, the rest of this month and year, that we would know your presence surrounding us, your arms encircling us. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really, I got a lot of, of this conversation myself. And I just want to give your website again, fatherheartscotland.com. Of course, you can find Anna Harris Ministries at annaharrisministries.com. But thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on here and chatting with us today. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit annaharrisministries.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.